Welcome, and you're listening to Geekologist Radio, a division of the Ninja Pancake family of podcasts. All right, on this episode of Geekologist Radio, we're not doing any of this crazy Q stuff, game on stuff. Right now, we're doing our crazy experiences and fun times over at PAX West. We had quite a few in the cast that was out there. And let's start off with Silver. Were you out there? I was out there. Nice. I was out there on all four wheels. <laughs> it, was like, four it was like Rocket League. Yeah. <laughs> That's what you should have cosplayed. Oh, man. <laughs> it's the only way to get through the crowds. <laughs> and the jerks that are mean to uh, handicapped people. Yeah. yeah Not to get, mention, yeah. nobody looks down, so people would, like, run into, like, my legs or land in my lap, and then they'd be like, oh, my God, I'm so sorry. And I'm like, yeah, you should be. <laughs> <laughs> you didn't know you were getting free lap dances the entire weekend. <laughs> Not from the kind of people I like, but no, you know. No. But the, to to give the, the convention some uh, some benefit of a doubt, there they did have a lot of stuff to look at higher up. So if you were like near one of those big dragons or anything, people were like ooh. <laughs> but don't look up and continue walking. That's a bad thing. Yeah, my eye level was everybody's butt. So. <laughs> Saw some nice pants, saw a lot of things I didn't want to see, but other than that, <laughs> wish it would have been less Spider-Mans, but I'll leave that one to your <laughs> imaginations. Span- scenes. There was a lot of stuff for Ark, wasn't there? Yes. Oh my god. We're not, into, actually... we're not into that yet, we're not into that yet, I'm sorry. Good. <laughs> but uh, I did, I don't have to send you guys pictures, um, I did get out of my chair and get pictures on the Raptor and the T-Rex. <laughs> awesome. And Damien, were you there? I think so. I I, I believe I, I kind of think it, my legs were really sore. It was Mine in your hometown. So yeah, yeah, I know. I, I would hope I was there. Nice. Mine weren't sore, so yeah. And Chris, I was not there, but I was living vicariously through you guys. Yes. And I ended up making it up there. Ended up making a vacation deal with the wife and made it up there for. I only got two of the four days, unlike the others on the cast. So. I got two days out of it, and that was actually my first gaming con. I've been to like South by Southwest stuff before. That was my first gaming-only con, so that was pretty cool. I enjoyed the hell out of it. All right, now where do we want to get started with this, guys? So why don't we talk about like one of the things, like pick the thing that when you went there and you were like, this is the most badass thing I saw the entire time I was at PAX. Hmm. Uh, for me, it was something Damien brought up in terms of the theme of PAX, or a lot of the games theme was, which is dragons everywhere. And following it up with the Game of Thrones stuff, uh, that really hit home. And, uh, and I got to give uh, you credit for bringing that up to my attention because then I just could not see them because so many games yeah. using that theme. And also, if they even just had a dragon in there, put a giant one in their uh, display area. Yeah, I mean, it's perfect marketing because it's what everybody's thinking of. Everybody wants to live in that environment. Well, let's advertise it. You can come here. You can be like you're in Game of Thrones. So, Silver, what did you, what did you see? What was What was the thing that for you that that hit home the hardest well back to spider-man um i think it was just like the overall like the size of it i've been to a lot of anime cons i've been to gamestop expo uh comic con stuff like that so just the you know one hall was bigger than the events i normally go to so to find out it took out uh the entire convention center just blew my mind damien this Mm -hmm. isn't this isn't your first rodeo 
No, this isn't my first rodeo. This is this is my third PAX. First time going all four days. This is your backyard. I felt it. It is. This is my backyard. Uh, first time going as officially as media. And uh, so I think one of the things was is, honestly, was I wore a bright, uh, obnoxious yellow jacket the first day so that everybody could find me. I was like, find the big bald guy with a beard and a bright yellow jacket. Didn't know that security <laughs> was wearing the same jacket. So you, so you, then Not you felt it home. Security. It was like going to work. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. So I followed them <laughs> into the showroom floor. And like a half an hour before the press hour, I was walking around and seeing everything. And I'm just like, huh, that looks really cool. Oh, look, there's Joe Neat. Oh, that's Aaron Greenberg. Oh, they're playing Sea of Thieves. I'm going to be over there. And that's and then I got someone walked up that goes, Oh, you had a press pass. Wait, you can't be in here. I go, Oh, okay. So I walk slowly with security to the exit, and then they're like, they announced press hour has started. And I just go, Oh, I'm gonna go back over there now. And I sat and watched and talked with Aaron Greenberg and all the guys from Microsoft that were sitting there playing Sea of Thieves. That's awesome. And then I got a chance to talk with Joe Neat. I talked to Joe Neat for like probably about thirty minutes of that prior to the actual interview that I ever did with him. And that was probably my favorite thing was just talking with all these people from Rare about their game. Not on a, hey, I want to interview you level, but just on a person-to-person level and how cool they were because my social anxiety was kicking in big time the first day. Like I was kind of tearing up and it was like, you know, I got a grown man. go Not, Not that bad, but I mean, it was still bad enough that they caught it. It was pretty bad. (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> nice they, you, by the way, they, Chris. Thank you. And, and they they actually he changed up the convert Joni changed up the conversation and we just started talking about other past rare games, other things he's worked on. And it was just really cool. Like it was that was like so meaningful. But then also just talking with everybody that I follow on that game uh was awesome. And probably the best part was is that so the most of the time when you go over to play the game, they give you a handler, right? Our group, I looked over and I'm like, well, this is during the press hour. I got up, got up, I went over and I played that. Well, I just didn't realize that other people were lying way up behind us that haven't had a chance to play Sea of Thieves. And I was playing with this group that it was a uh, older, uh, the bro, there's three brothers. One brother was 18, the other one was 15, and the youngest was eight. I was right next to the eight year old. And what started out as me playing Sea of Thieves. Oh, wait, and, oh what? that eight year old had a media pass? Yeah, because they're a website. They're a three brother web uh, website that they go over stuff. Yeah, <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah. So I had the eight year old sit next to me, and we're talking a little bit. And then I kind of look over to find to see if I can. I go, "Am I under NDA? They're playing the game. Can I talk?" And they gave me full. They just let me go. And I started talking normal for the first little bit, and then all of a sudden I went full pirate, and I'm just sitting there talking. And before I know it, I hear like kind of like loud noise behind me it's because i was shooting out of cannons going under the water i can talk about this because i did it there and it just it was a it was a good time i had everybody in my party was having a good time i was helping them solve the the quests and everything that was probably my one like the biggest awe moment of it you know aside from meeting cajun (laughs) oh actually and and silver wow i I see how it is yeah Uh. Cajun, one of the biggest releases this this week was Destiny Two, and you got some hands on uh, opportunity to to sit in on a, a. There was a whole Destiny thing at PAX West, correct? Right. There was uh, 
three days of panels. There's five panels. And because I, I was only there two days, I got the final three panels. And I actually filmed all of them, and they're up on Rectify Gaming's site. They helped me get my press pass in, so for sure they got the, uh, the, the YouTube stuff up there. And I was able to film the entire thing end-to-end uh, -end for those three panels. There were some good ones, and especially the last one, which was uh, Playtest War Stories, which is basically all the PvP playtesters oh, talking awesome. about what they do behind closed doors, all their little secret uh, dialogues, languages. And like Damien just said, drums. And uh, drums is what they say whenever a match goes tied. Mm -hmm. um, so like if it goes 5v5 in uh, Countdown, then somebody yells out drums. And then that's like the final one match to uh, rule them all. And so we got to see some of the stuff behind closed doors. We got to hear them talk about who was their most, their biggest nemesis in studio in PvP, uh, who were the better players and uh, things like that. So uh, it was really cool to get that behind the scenes look of the real kind of the family mentality that they have. And how, and one of the things that really showed how excited and loud and crazy they get is that the entire studio is open floor plan except the PvP testing room because they're so loud. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> they have to close them in a separate room because the first time they did it and it was open, uh, uh, Lars Bakken was getting like taps and stuff like that. Like, be quiet. <laughs> now, <do laughs> We're they, trying to work here. Did they open it up for conversation or for anybody to ask questions or maybe afterwards to have people have conversations with some of the developers? Yes, they did. And after the first one... Um, I was able to ask stuff, and this was on uh, weapon design. The first panel I did, I said I did. I was in the panel on weapon design. I was in the panel on world uh, building, better worlds, and the panel on playtest world stories. And the one on weapon design, I was able to get uh, the first question in, and I asked a question about weapon color schemes because uh, the faction color schemes always the same mm -hmm. uh, all the time. The uh, but one thing that doesn't change. Is, or one thing that does change, sorry, every year is the crucible color scheme. And the crucible color scheme changes every year from what my theory has been the previous Super Bowl champion. Because if you look at the previous Super Bowl champion, that's the color scheme of the crucible guns. And I asked the entire panel of people who make guns and they all just kind of looked around like, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, seriously, nobody, I was really hoping to catch somebody off guard and none of them were like, dude, he knows our secrets. Yeah, dude, he knows our secret. Yeah, I got the chance to take a look at the video. It was actually really good, uh, really good shots. Um, and for a, a, I don't even know if up now that nobody else has that up. Uh, at the time, no. at the, no. at the time no. when I was watching it, there was nobody else aside from from your your camera shots. So that's that's really awesome. No, and I tried to look too, and uh, yeah, I filmed all that on my iPad. Um, and I, the second one was was the we're building about the worlds one, and that was both the worst angle and I think the worst panel. It was still a good panel. It was just the worst of the three. Um, but the, uh, the gun design one and the, uh, playtest war stories, I had a good angle and, and it was, they were really good panels. You saw destiny was in full force. Cause I saw people outside and, uh, Cosmo and like all those guys were outside and they were running and chasing each other with guns and stuff like that. So that was kind of cool. Silver, what, yep. what, what did you go to? What, what was something that you attended or, or you went to, or you saw where you were like, wow, this blows my brains. I was kind of all over the place. <laughs> She was Wonder Woman at this thing. I'm telling you, like everywhere. every out out of everybody there, this she was she like she didn't take on the warning of of you know take a few and then go. She went like full tilt 
two wolves uh, on this. Yeah, I know what it's like to have a full schedule uh, at PAX East where it was like 10, 10 interviews. You're like pinging from place to place to place. But that was fun for me. Like, I really enjoyed it. Did you enjoy the aspect? I know that you you didn't go recorder. You went full like, I'm going to write this all down. How was that for you um, and able to collect your thoughts and such uh, as you're speaking to people you don't even know? Well, you know, I, I, I had a recorder. I had it in my bag on the back of my chair. I never took it out. Like, I, it might be the academic in me. I am a double major, so I do spend the majority of my time writing, uh, listening to lectures online and taking notes while they go. But to be able to sit there face-to-face with somebody and write down, I'd scribble down my thought as I said it, and then write down their response, and that just works for me really, really well. So I... Like, old school reporter. It felt cool. It worked really well. I filled a notebook. And then afterwards, um, I would add extra thoughts I had. Like, oh, they said this, so I'm going to, you know, this is what I think about it. So I didn't forget about it. So for each of you three, what was something where you were at PAX West and you had no intention of seeing this thing? And then all of a sudden you saw it and you're like, oh, shit, I have to have an interview with this person. Or I need to go play this, like, right now. A lot of things. Yeah. There's a ton of things that happen like that. One of the things uh, Derek and I actually doubled up on, and the game's been out for a while, but it was Enter the Gungeon, and they had this they they over they had it up over there, and it's like I've I've read I've read it I've seen all these people sitting there saying, oh you got to check out Enter the Gungeon you got to do this and I'm like you know I I'm just you know, I, I watched it for a little bit. I'm like, okay, this actually looks kind of fun. They, they said Spelunky, as in if you die, you start back at the very beginning. But I'm like, and I really love Spelunky. And I'm like, the graphics, I kind of like I kind of like this retro look. Well, then one of their one of their PR guys goes, well, here, let me grab one of our devs. And they grabbed Dave Crooks, uh, which is the game designer. And he actually did like the artwork. He drew the artwork that's on the advanced Dungeons and Dragons that was used all over packs to advertise. First of all, I love the Dungeons and Dragons with the tie for D and D, but that's awesome. Go on. <laughs> and uh, so we got a we got a chance to to just listen to his story. We asked some questions. Uh, we had he instantly Cajun pulled out his pulled out his tablet and was recording, and so we're, I mean we'll actually have that interview come up in a mini podcast that Caden's going to put up together. Yep. I've already have but, notes and stuff on putting it together. I'd have all the pieces just need to actually piece them together. have everything how I want it. Nice. And, uh, and it was, it was just really cool. And I, I even told him this, I go, this is a game. I told, I, I told him that this is a game that, that I am not, I, I wasn't interested in. And then being there, I became interested Nice, yeah, and it looked like a cool game, uh, and it was it was really cool of them to just just to start talking with us. We were just checking out the game, and we had our media passes, so uh, that played into it as well too. But then they just asked some questions, and we just got into it with the dev, and we had a, a good little communication with them. Uh, for me, the one the one thing that I probably got the most out of, ooh, man. There was a, a little game that surprised me. It was uh, called Hero Defense. It was like on the sixth floor, the top floor. It's a dynamic tower defense game. And um, I like tower defense games. And this one's your your towers or heroes you move around the map. And when you place them there, then they, they stick. 
they'll shoot until you move them again. Mm -hmm. And this one has a lot of potential for mobile, but it looks like it's going to be more of like a switch mobile or uh, something on those lines because you do need the dual thumbsticks to move around the map and to create even more because they even talked about that in that, my interview I have with them. It's going to be up. So that one uh, surprised me uh, because I definitely would have played it a long time. And he did say that they had somebody that played that game previously for three straight hours. Oh, jeez. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, like a little third-party game with like two computer screens up on the sixth floor sat down and played it for three hours but it, it has some hooks in it so it, it, it definitely has the, uh, the the feel of one of those addictive mobile games but something that can be uh, uh needs to be played on a, on a console so what, that, that was one that surprised me what were wait times like for you guys i mean because media badges get you in for the first hour at pax um it's i, I mean everybody thinks that like pax east or, or pax in general pax east pax west if you have a media badge you just go wherever you want to not so true. Like you have to wait in line on Saturday. No. You have to wait in line on thir on Sunday to get in. Um, what was it like as far as like wait times to get to a game? An hour, it, like an, an hour, hour and okay. a half, depending mm -hmm. on the game. Um, yep. We waited. Noah and I waited on Monday an hour and a half to go go into uh, for Assassin's Creed Origins, and but it was worth it. I'll talk more on the gameplay a little later. And but yeah, wait, wait, wait times. Yeah, we, we, I mean, we didn't get. There's other perks to that badge that happen, mm -hmm. um, and that's when people see you that you're media, mm -hmm. and they reach out and they grab you and they drag you in, which that happened a lot, especially when the PR people are out. If the PR people are out waiting, you're skipping that yep. line, and their people are getting thrown off, and you're getting put on and testing games, and that was awesome. So there were wait so, times. Yeah. <laughs> oh. oh Jesus! Oh. I forgot about you. Don't. <laughs> there were a few that, that you know. I'd walk. Uh, well, I'd roll up and ask like, "Hey, what are the odds?" And they'd be like, "You know, come back later or tomorrow morning," because this has like been really huge. We've had like a three-hour wait time uh, all day. But there was a lot. I'd go up like Mario. Um, the line was all the way around the booth. It was insane. And I rolled up and I was like, hey, what are the odds? Honestly, 100% um, expected her to turn me away. And instead she said, oh, do you want to play Mario? And I said, yeah. She's like, well, come on in. I'll squeeze you in. Or um, uh, on Monday, we were sitting near Xbox with the Rectify guys waiting for Damien and Noah. And this lady just walks up and she's like, are there any Xbox games you want to play? Or it was a, uh, it was Sunday or Monday, and I'm like, yeah, I haven't gotten a chance to play Origins or you know a couple others, and she's like, okay, come on, and I just left the guys and went and played. <laughs> Wee, see ya. <laughs> yeah, that, that that was on Sunday. I was told that I was like, I was like, where is uh, Tyranny? And they're like, they're like, oh, she's she's over playing Origins. I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, no, the lines for me is what kind of uh, because I only had two days there. It was what scared me from from the bigger games because. I knew that if I wanted to get a quantity of experiences, wasting a lot of time in those lines would have been uh, not fruitful for mm -hmm. me. So I, I, I did what, what Chris recommended, kind of go to the ending game route. And that media badge did allow me to play a lot of games. Even some of those weren't lines or just kind of a bunch of people standing around. But if you're kind of you're looking at the game, you're thinking about it, and then you walk up to the dev with a question, then after you talk to them for a bit, they will sit you down they would play it. Or... I never got pulled into a game. I must not have the Damien look. He kept telling me about he would be grabbed and pulled in. And then I'm walking around with Damien. And then the guy from 10, uh, 1047 Games pulls us into Wormhole Worlds, 
wormhole wars and just like yeah you, let me talk to you about our game and he just starts like just going into his spiel about it right in front of us and like oh awesome so uh that was pretty cool um and he was like the ceo of the the, the company too and that was pre- and we got to play it and uh uh this one we played on pc but it's definitely a it's controller better game yeah but it is a combination of portal and halo so it's a shooter, but then you have all of these walls you can shoot two portals onto to kind of go through, go around, and to escape and jump through people and all kinds of stuff. I, I stepped back and let him take over so he could show me the actual aspects of the game and everything. And he would jump. He had bots available, so it was two people. It was Cajun versus me, and then I let him take over. And at one point, he's like, I bet you he's up there. And he shoots a portal, and he jump. He just leans into the portal. So he shoots a portal across the map, and then shoots one right next to him. And he just leans in, and sure enough, he's looking right at the back of Cajun's head that's aiming with a sniper oh, rifle, no. and just boom. And I'm just like, I'm like, okay, this game is going <laughs> to be awesome on console. Yes. <laughs> that's a- I think that, that concept has a lot of potential. The gun mechanics does need a little bit of ironing out, but that mm-hmm. concept is brilliant take their time make that thing good because this that's a good concept from the sounds of it the way you guys are talking it's the same experience i had where you go to and when you go to the indie section you're meeting the ceo you're meeting the guy the two the two or three man team that made this thing and so they have so much passion behind it that they're they're just gushing about wanting to tell you about their stuff not not nothing against like ubisoft and and all of those major brands but that most of those times you're seeing a pr person you're not actually getting the person who had their hands on Mm -hmm. on the artwork or whatever it is that it is about that game uh silver you had a different experience going into this um you went through the the entire experience um being wheeled around in your wheelchair what was that like for you coming in what were your nerves like going into that and then what was the experience of being on the showroom floor and your access and that and that sort of thing going in i was terrified um I've only been disabled for about six months, so I was very nervous about how the developers and the publishers would, like, view, like, somebody in a wheelchair showing up, like, oh, hey, I'm the one that you've been emailing, I'm here for a meeting, and everybody was amazing. Um, as far as the companies went, uh, like I said, you know, Xbox, people would just walk up and uh, ask if they could... S- slide me into the line or at the front um the developers were really really nice um i got a lot of free pins like people would just walk up to me and give me like pins and stuff and they're like don't tell anyone else i'm like okay cool dude i love pax pins me me too (laughs) um i got like dlcs and steam downloads and all sorts of stuff because they'd see me sitting there in my chair and they'd be like oh hey here you go um so on the showroom floor, I had an amazing experience. Aside from the crowds, you know, mm-hmm. that does get difficult. Um, my poor husband had to deal with them more than me because he was pushing. Uh, but my nerves went away pretty quickly once I started meeting with people. Uh, like I said, I didn't really have to wait in lines. Uh, everybody was really perceptive. They were really interested in what I had to say. It was almost like I got more, att- like, attention per i don't want to say attention per se but they were like more interested in what i had to say than the media guy next to me and i thought that was really cool all right i've got a ton more questions because there are things that each one of you did damien you got a chance to go to a twitch after party 
correct? I actually didn't go to the to didn't make the uh, Twitch after okay. party. But you got to talk to Bast uh, at at Twitch. I did. I did in so, the lounge, yeah. right? Uh, well, so I <laughs> snuck into the. I, I snuck started to sneak into the lounge, and then we got directed, or I was directed out, and because I was sitting, I, I was right up there with Burke Black and some of these other guys who I follow, and just they're extremely. Uh, uh, just awesome people in person. So, yeah, but so we actually had to try to find trying to find a quiet place at PAX is ridiculous. But we found a place that the the that we were able to do the full interview. Now, one thing I learned about my mic because I didn't have a I didn't have a uh, uh, guard on it or a uh, uh, a foam piece on the top was that bass in my voice. The our recorder wants to noise cancel it out. <laughs> so we had to fight with that a little bit, but once we once we got it once we got it going, uh, it was awesome. And we have a fifty nine minute interview that's going to be coming out this week. Cool. And Silver, I know that you had an opportunity to go to an Xbox showcase. Yes, the night before PAX started. And, you know, actually highlight of the entire week in Seattle, I got to meet Major Nelson. <laughs> yeah, I saw those pictures. That was awesome. Yeah, that's that, that, that made my week, whole week. So what are their presentations like? What was it like to be there? I mean, what, what were they presenting? How did, how, did, how did the whole event go? A majority of it was um, indie games, uh, stuff like Cuphead. Um, they did have uh, PUBG. PUBG. The... One that I was excited about was they had the Xbox One X uh, on display with fancy Samsung televisions with amazing games uh, set up like Forza, um, not Horizon, Forza Motorsports uh, 7, uh, Outlast 2, uh, stuff like that. And it was just gorgeous. It was amazing. That I did wait in line for, but only about 20 or 30 minutes. And it was worth it because that was the first thing I did. Did you have access to people like Aaron Greenberg and and I mean obviously you taught you had pictures with Major Nelson but did you get an opportunity to have a conversation with him or at least a brief like hey how's it how's it going type thing? I did. I did get to sit down and talk with him and actually um, my husband had my phone so while I was talking to him he took pictures so I have a whole bunch of pictures of me just sitting there talking with Larry and I had a big um, Xbox One controller pillow in my lap and I had my day one Xbox One shirt on, and, like, I think he could tell I was a fan, but, you know, <laughs> I hope anyway. So, like, I've got a bunch of pictures of me sitting there talking to him. I did get to have a uh, kind of a personal conversation with him. Uh, nothing crazy, no sure. interview. Um, and we took a big uh, Rectify Gaming picture with him. That was cool. I know Tyboy just yeah, calls he's... him Larry now, so. Yeah, <laughs> and he's yeah, all there's... over my social media as my profile picture. That's cool. Cajun, <laughs> awesome. did you get an opportunity to play with the Xbox One X? I did not. Yeah, that was one of the ones where I looked at the line. I was like, mm. it's not moving, not moving. <laughs> nope. Where are those indie games at again? <laughs> When's the next Destiny panel? Oh, was like, indie games, indie games, uh, Destiny panel. Indie games, indie games, indie games, Destiny panel. <laughs> that was my taste. Damien, I'm assuming when you played Origins that you were playing on an X. Mm-hmm. Sea of Thieves and Origins. Ah. Uh... What did, was it noticeable? If, yes, night and day. Uh, night and day. Um, like there, there's some stuff I could talk about the X a little sure. bit later. From I learned from some other sure. devs, but uh, th- yeah. Oh my God, the game is 
just gorgeous. Now, that's the thing is like the game is gorgeous. The gameplay, they switched it up. But if you played Wildlands, then you're you're fine. If you go into playing like Wildlands, not playing it like like you're playing an Assassin's Creed game, you'll do well. My son messed up with a few little things on that. I actually recorded 10 minutes of gameplay because I was told that I don't I waited in an hour and a half line because they had a really cool pin I wanted. But I'm like, I already played this on press pa- press hour. I you know, I'll let my son play, I'll just record. And they Xbox says, okay. Cue up the Ubisoft lady that comes in really angry about 10 minutes into it. He goes, you can't record that. I go, oh, okay, well, I didn't sign an NDA. I go, does the media mean anything? She goes, not to you. I'm Whoa. Like, okay. Whoa. <laughs> I'm like, okay. I'm like, and then when I was waiting to get the pin. Click release. Uh, the, the, the guy go, the guy go, walks over to hand the pins. He goes, I can't, I was told I can't give you one because you were recording. I'm like, well, I'm not deleting it. Then it's going up. <laughs> no NDA. No NDA, bitches. I tell you what, I'll delete it in front of you if you give me a pin. <laughs> I said, that's what I said. And I'm like, I have the pin on my bag. If you want me to send you a picture of it. Oh! I was the only one out of the entire group, including uh, Vengeance and my husband, that actually did the objective. And it was because they did change up the gameplay style, but I really, really enjoyed it. I've been playing Assassin's it's Creed so since... It's so good. It's so pretty. The yeah. water. And this is what I'm saying. The water was amazing. And it was just so smooth. Like, I've been playing since the original... Um, a lot of people hate me for this, but my favorite is Syndicate out of the entire series. And, like, just playing it for that 15 minutes, and I'm like, this is going to win. Like, the gameplay, the graphics, especially because I am getting a 1X on release day. So, I had a tear, like, rolling down my cheek. Like, I'm so happy I got this. My, my son already asked if he gets a chance to play on it. I'm like, yeah, you, you, you can use it. You can play on there. <laughs> I don't have to share mine. Silver, what was your experience like with TakeThis.org? Because I have a passion for for that personally, and I know that you got a chance to, to talk with some people. What was it like for you? Unfortunately, uh, the people in charge were not available, so I only got to speak with some volunteers, but they did give me some information and uh, business cards and stuff. Um, but I did talk to them. I made some donations. I bought one of the wooden, it's almost like a worry stone, but it's yep. a shield with, yeah, you know what I'm talking yep. about, the box of hope. I did buy one of those. And then right next to them was uh, Able Gamers. So same thing. It was just uh, volunteers, but I made sure to get a card and make donations and all that other fun stuff. So that's awesome. I'm planning on emailing them soon. Very, nice. very cool. So I know each of you have some lists uh, to discuss about the things that you saw and that you played. So wherever you'd like to start, because I, <laughs> um, I they have lists. I, I know all of you have long lists. <laughs> yeah. So for, for me, it's the indie game I'm most excited about because of the games of the bigger games. Uh, I didn't get a chance to to play a lot of those. I got to see some of, of the one that there was one from Pro Nordic called Biomutant that I wanted to play, but it was constantly had a slow, slow line. That one I think had the most potential, but I did watch a lot of gameplay of it. Uh, that one's an action RPG game. That one looked uh, fun. But the one that I actually got a chance to play an interview on was uh, Once Upon a Puppet. And that one was a really good atmospheric puzzle-solving level-jumping game, kind of 2D game. Uh, so that one looked similar to maybe like Unravel, but more of a darker uh, theme, but not too dark. So that one had a lot of stuff going for it because the theme, the gameplay, everything just fit uh, into something I really enjoy. So for me, that was my 
favorite one. I also got a good interview with the the dev there on that one. So that was it for me. Damien? Uh, so day one, uh, was it day one? No, it was day two or day three. So Sunday, Sunday we're going in and I met up with a clan mate, uh, and then Agent Murden is what he goes by on there. And so we're, we're walking through and we're, we were already in before, before Derek got in. So we're like, okay, well, let's just get into the showroom full. We'll go meet up with him. Here, and I'm looking at this one booth and I'm like kind of recognizing some of the, the, like the, the advertisements and stuff, but I didn't know they were going to be there. And it was Deep Rock Galactic, which I'm really interested in. So then their PR gal comes running up, grabs my badge, and then grabs Agent's badge and goes, do you guys have an appointment to get to right now? No. Would you like to try our game? It's Deep Rock Galactic. I'm like, yeah, yes. So much yes. Let me get over there. I want to play that game. I, I did not know you guys were going to be here. I go, I want to play this. So I get so before I do that, I get teamed up with uh, one of their developers to go talk about the game. And that developer happens to be one of the founders of Ghost Ship Games, which is uh, was the people behind Deep Rock Galactic. And it was Jonas Molier, I believe is how you say his name. Uh, and so I got to interview him. And my first thing was, is that I'm like, oh, okay. So this is like a survival kind of Minecraft kind of game. And he looks at me and he goes, goes, no, it's not that at all. And I'm like, I'm like, in the interview, I'm like, wait, what? And he goes, no, he goes, if I had to put my, my, my finger on it, it would be more of a, of a Left 4 Dead. And I'm like. Are you kidding me? He goes, it's like Left 4 Dead with a little Minecraft. I go, so how did how did you come? Because was this like for Warhammer 40k? He goes, no, we just thought we wanted to be in space. We wanted to mine what mines dwarves. And I'm like, now you got to think they're from they're from Denmark. So you're thinking of their legends and things like that, mm-hmm. their folklore, all that stuff. So that all makes sense. And I'm like, and then but then we wanted aliens, so. It's we wanted to combine these these elements. I go wait. Did you just? I go. You just said aliens, like like Sigourney Weaver aliens. Are you you're speaking to me right now? And he goes, well, good. He goes, I hope that you like this. And then and it's just, I asked I asked about the team. They have a smaller team. It's been growing. Uh, they they uh, merged with another company, and the gameplay. So I get over and I meet I meet another one of their devs, which was uh, Fran Aviles Avils, I think. And so they, they, they team up with us and try to go as – they try to handle me as much as they can, which uh, was pretty difficult because I see shiny things. And I'm like, ooh, can I go over and test this out? And We, we, I, like, we I know from experience. <laughs> so, like, I run over and I see this jukebox. And I'm like, they're trying to get me ready to go on the mission. And I hit the jukebox. And then all of a sudden, everybody he goes, oh, well, yes, you found our jukebox. This is going to be our social space. And if you turn around – Look at us, and then every, all the characters are dancing and stuff. It was just little little things like that that were really cool. But then you actually get into the to the nitty gritty of the game, and you have to play. There is options to play single player, and then have like an AI character with you, which it's very difficult. It's meant to be for played four player. Ghost Ship Games focus on co op, and that's the first thing they focus on. And you can tell in this game that that's how they they, they developed it from the get go. If you have a have a fire team of four people, you're going to be happy as all hell. This is the type of game that if you've just had a long night of Destiny and stuff like that, but you, you're not quite ready to, to to turn it off, 
you want to still play at least another round of something, but not Destiny, you fire this game up, jump into it with your fire team, you're going to have a blast, be able to spend like 15, 20 minutes, do a mission, and come out of it feeling accomplished. And all the levels are procedurally generated, and it's a pretty large amount of planets you can travel to. So it's it's a big game for not a not a huge price, and it's a lot of fun. I'm actually I actually have codes, and I'm gonna be playing it on PC until the day that, and then write an article on then until it comes out on uh, on Xbox, and I'll be testing it out there too. It, but that game and talking to the devs was awesome. I met I met everybody because they had the whole team there. Nice. Anything else that that tops your list at all? Before we go over to silver, um, let's see. There, there God, there was so much really going on. Uh, finding out, walking by the Monster Hunter, uh, Hunter World booth, and being sad, like looking at it longingly with a sad face, and having someone come up and go, "Hey, do you want to play it?" I go, "No," because I don't, I don't have a PlayStation Four, and I don't, I don't want to think that I ha- I don't want to feel like I'm missing out. And they go, well, "What do you have?" I go, "I have an Xbox One." They go. Are you getting an Xbox One X? I go, yeah. They go, well, you know that this is going to be 4K on Xbox One X. So I'm like, this is coming out on Xbox? And they grabbed me and they pulled me in to let me play it. And I was giddy as a schoolgirl. That game is like, because I love that I love that game. I bought, you know, I got my, my boys and stuff. We played on the 3DS. We, we played Monster Hunter Try. And it's just such a fun game and collecting kind of thing. And it, it it's just got its niche, and it's really my son, my middle son's really into those style of games. So the fact knowing that it's coming out on, on Xbox was like kind of like this gem, this like little surprise that I wasn't ready for, and so stoked for it. Um, and then the other thing that stood out was when you walk around the floor, there's two games that you saw everywhere that would for advertising stuff. It was Overwatch or Player Unknown Battlegrounds, and playing. Player Unknown Battlegrounds on an Xbox One X. Now I I've played it on my my PC and my PC I have everything maxed out. It played smoother, and was just so fluid with a controller. I I can't wait for it to come out on Xbox One. Nice, Silver. What were the the top three that you had played or or had spoken to? The top three I played. Um, were actually ones that I didn't even, like, go looking for, didn't even know that they were, like, I knew one of them was there, but I hadn't looked into it. I was just rolling by and was like, oh, I've got some time to kill. Uh, West of Loathing from Asymmetric and Graveyard Keeper from Tiny Build. And, like, Graveyard Keeper, um, I did actually have a appointment with Tiny Build about Hello Neighbor and Pathogen 2. Both were fantastic, by the way. Um, but it was like, well, while I'm waiting, I'll just play this. It's like Stardew Valley in a graveyard. <laughs> like, uh, you play really cool. as... Yeah! You play as, a, well, the Graveyard Keeper, and you've got his little morgue, and I'm, like, walking, like, to the cemetery in front of the morgue and there's just a body laying there and I was like oh I guess I could bury it I get you know like but I sat there just laughing my husband's like what is so funny and I took the headset off and I was like dude look at this like it is just inappropriate and hilarious it is a like just a like a hidden gem um it 
in my interview, I was like, hey, I stopped and played this. When is it out? She said it should be out by the end of the year. It's at the top of my list for sure. Um, and then West of Loathing is all I've played since I got back. I downloaded it as soon as I got back to the hotel room. Um, it had two booths, one for PAX 10 and one under uh, the Indie Mega booth. So I stopped, and I was like, this looks kind of amusing, and again, I just sat there laughing my ass off. So I went all the way to the other side of the convention center to find the devs to talk to them about it, and I was just like, hey, I just went up, stuck my hand out, and I was like, I just played your game, and I have to have your information. And they were like, awesome, great, and like, yeah, that's all I've played. It, it's i'll be sitting here laughing and my husband's like you're playing that game again aren't you yeah yeah, yeah. like if if you're gonna play something it's 11.99 on steam it's worth it it's is that the one with the stick yes. figures and okay. the stick figures make it even funnier because you have to like put pants on him and stuff you can't see him but he has to wear pants it's funny it's it's really amusing um I have to say my other top three is Mario. As a you know, 25 year long uh, uh, Mario fan, it was phenomenal. So I was really excited about that. That little non-plumber um, is going to be the only reason my Destiny days will be limited. In a exactly. <laughs> yeah. It was funny because, um, like I said, the lady went ahead and... Uh, just got me right to the front of the line and stuck me in front of a, a switch. And she's like, here you go. And this gentleman comes up and he's like, have you ever played like Mario 64 or Sunshine? I was like, dude, I played every Mario that's ever been made. And he said, never mind. I don't have to tell you about the controls. And he walked away. <laughs> and I sat there and played it until the game booted me off. <laughs> so those three for sure were uh, a really big, like those were my favorites, but uh, one another one that really stood out. I didn't realize it was there. It's already out on PC. It's I want to say it's on PlayStation and Xbox Two, but it's also it's about to release on the Switch. Was Perception? It's that horror game that uses echolocation because the protagonist is blind. No, sorry, totally made me think of something else that I really wanted to ask about. <laughs> um, <laughs> I didn't know it was there. Um, I also didn't know it was already out, but I've been following like the news and stuff since it was announced because I'm like, this sound seems really interesting. So I stopped and I was like, oh my god, I gotta play this. So I'm sitting there playing it on the Switch, and it's it's ama- it's excellent. It's it's creepy. It requires a lot of um, a lot of thought. Like you can't use the echolocation too much, or you attract what's in the house. You know that kind of thing. Um, and the developer standing there, his name was Bill Gardner, and it turns out he was the level designer for Bioshock and Bioshock Infinite. Oh, that's awesome! So my excitement level went from here to like way up here because I love Bioshock. Please tell me about and- Booker Dewitt. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like talking to him about it, and he wrote and produced it. And his wife is the creator. And I thought that was really cool that they did it together. And, you know, um, I believe he said somebody else from the team, I want to say it was his wife, uh, worked on Dead Space as well. So I was like, whoa, this is really cool. Um, And I pulled out my notebook and I was like, hey, I'm doing some pieces on 
disabilities uh, and representation in gaming, and he was more than happy to talk with me. So I was really excited about that one, because that was just a great interview. You saw Detroit Become Human, correct? Oh! Yes. I, this is, that, like, one of my most anticipated PS4 games. Yes, out. yes. So, like, what, what? how was it? What was it like? Um, and how, how big of a clip did you get a chance to play? Um, I played about... It was one, like... It was like a part of a mission. Mm-hmm. I want to say I sat there for about 15 or 20 minutes. It's not as action-driven as like it looks from the trailer, but it's a good thing. It's almost like Telltale? an action game meet with... It kind of gave off like a um, Life is Strange vibe. Okay. Where you have to make choices, but you also have to go around and investigate things. So, that you know, I also got kind of like a... I spy Nancy Drew PC game thing out of it, but it was beautiful. The characters are great already. Um, the main character, uh, Connor, is just, for an android, he's got a pretty decent personality. I was surprised. Uh, the graphics, the sound, the movement, the gameplay overall, that one out uh, Sony for me altogether. It was really good. That's awesome. So we're getting to the 45-minute clip here. Um, I don't know about y'all, but uh, I was thinking about asking kind of final thoughts about PAX West. Um, Anything uh, that you might have forgotten or just overall kind of vibe that you got from 2017 PAX West? Just being able to go in there as a team and meeting everybody. Like, I mean, I, I talk, meeting people I talk with all the time and... Being able to do something as a team, work with them, was really cool. Uh, walking around and seeing, seeing the editor of Rectify, editor owner Ty, and kind of being able to team up with him on on scoring some, you know, doing his first his first conversations about getting sponsorship stuff and kind of showing him the stuff that I did back in the, when I was looking for sponsors when I was paintballing and whatnot. It was moments like that that you know people will remember like as just as a team and it was i mean it was i mean for what it was it sucked it sucked what you know with uh silver when you were when you were frustrated and you're telling me about this kilt wearing guy that i'm looking like i hear about this stuff this someone you know being rude to someone and like i go into like bouncer mode and i'm looking around the place to try to tear someone up (laughs) could be the wrong guy but (laughs) this there were a lot of them but yeah Hey, that was yes, a lady. I know that was. <laughs> yeah, because like it could it could have been the dude from Bungie because even in one of our uh, panels there was a the guy from Bungie who was wearing the. Kit. No, that that dude, that I dude, that, yeah, no, that dude, that dude's jaw could like that guy was. I called it. That guy was a Titan. I'm like, that's a Titan. <laughs> and sure enough, he called it out himself, and I'm like, yeah, he probably they probably designed it after him. <laughs> that guy made me look small, but it was it's just uh, the the whole thing. It was eye opening to be there for media as the first time. Like like I said, I've been there. I've gone there one day you know, each the last couple of years, but to be there and actually have a media badge to walk around and see it from a different perspective was just insane and something that I look forward to in the future. Yeah. For me, this was, like I said, my first gaming conference, but I was also, I was there as media. So this is just weird dichotomy. This is, I'm there as media, which I'm supposed to be more knowledgeable while things are going on. But uh, this is my first true gaming conference, 
And so I was starstruck walking like, ooh, ah. maybe that's why I didn't get pulled into booths because I was walking around like I wasn't supposed to be there. <laughs> but I had this thing around my neck that said it. So maybe he just took that from somebody or bought it from the street. I was like, ooh, ah. and then I pull like my phone out of my pocket because I had like a special uh, microphone I plug into my phone to use as a recorder. I'm like, oh, yeah, you do have a recorder. <laughs> so, yeah, that was uh, that was for me uh, kind of. Feeling a little out of place, but uh, Damien really helped. And it was awesome running into Silbert uh, a couple of times during the conference. We were like, she was running around doing her thing. And all of a sudden, boom, hey! <laughs> and uh, that was awesome. Uh, and But the whole thing, I definitely, if I did a conference again, basically sets the entire thing up to I need to be a little more scheduled in my yeah. stuff for the things that will have big lines know in the back of my head that the indie developers you can get in with most any of them whenever you want uh after maybe five to ten minutes max the other ones you need to schedule stuff ahead of time and you need to pick and choose because it's just too many games and stuff to do um and so having that plan would be something i would take with me to even just a fan because you're going to be overwhelmed as a fan going to these things because it wasn't until the second day till i went up to the sixth floor i was like wait i just did like the main floor all day. There's a whole other floor of stuff up there. Where is that? How do I get there? And the thing that catches you off guard with PAX is the fact that you're trying to talk to these developers, but at the same time, you want to sit in on conferences. Well, if you want to sit on a conference, it's an hour and a half. You got to sit there for an hour and a half to two hours because there's a line and there's a cutoff. And if the room gets full, then you can't go to the you can't go watch the panel. So it's like you said, it's a juggling act, and you kind of almost have to map it out like day by day. This is what I'm doing this hour. This is what my you know I have a couple of free hours here to go do whatever I want, um, and and kind of mix and mingle it in, but. it's awesome that you got a chance to go to one of the largest ones that's out there so that anything else is going to be downsized compared to that. So you're like, Oh, this is easy breezy after this. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. This is PAX prime or as, as a couple of people in Seattle, like why do they call it West now? And East prime. It was the first one. (laughs) Heard that grumpiness. Cause you're super close. You're close. I mean, you could go to PAX South. I mean, that would, that would, I can go to PAX South, South by Southwest. Easy. Mm -hmm. Easy. Because I mean, Austin's not that far. It's not that far of a travel for you. Now, that's driving distance away from me for both of them. Yeah, easy enough. Silvery. Bast always goes to back south. He does, so yeah. To, so he said. Yeah. Silver, your final thoughts? Um, Big thing I have to say is uh, people who are disabled, have a cane, um, some kind of illness, a wheelchair, don't be afraid to go to these events. Like, I was scared you know, like, I, I was honestly nervous. Um, I was messaging Damien a lot right before we went. I'm like, dude, like, I'm going to be judged. Nobody's going to want to take me seriously because I'm in this bright blue wheelchair. It was an amazing experience. And the wheelchair made it a little bit easier, especially because, you know, walking's not the easiest thing. Uh, I was gonna say though you didn't go put the rockets I said to put on the side. No one would have got anywhere near you. Oh, she had a sign on the back that said, "If you can dodge a wrench, you can dodge a ball." <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna have to get rockets for next time. That's awesome. Well, but I'm glad my I, biggest thing. Go ahead. The, the biggest thing I took away from PAX was I realized I have a really big niche for this. Like between my people skills, my writing skills, the passion I have for what I'm doing, and gaming. And the fact that people seem to be, like, attentive to disabled gamers and stuff like that. So it's really opened a lot of doors for me. And I do have an upcoming project I'm going to tell you guys about soon. So keep an uh, eye or ear out for that. Um, 
I'm hoping to launch within the next few weeks. So it's it opened a lot of stuff up for me. Awesome. Very cool. Well, uh, I think that's going to wrap up the, the PAX West 2017 talk uh, for the crew uh, that went with Rectify Gaming. Uh, and for uh, Chris, you can find me at Two Bowls, T-W-O-W-O-L-V-Z-Z. Damien, where can people find you? You can find me on Twitter at Mr. Damien Nash, all one word. You can find me writing up some bunch of stuff coming up here pretty soon on Rectify Gaming. And uh, we got some other stuff coming up for writing, and that's going to be coming up on Geekologist Radio. We're going to start uh, pushing that out a lot. Uh, my brother-in-law's got something coming up that's going to be really, really cool here in probably a few days. Derek, where can people find you at? Caucasian Saint on Twitter, but really going to find me in Destiny because it's I, – <laughs> I was literally like – I went from 269 to 271 like in the – 50 minutes before we came online, just grinding out some crucible matches to get my package up from there. So yeah, the, the hooks are in. If you want to look for Caucasian Saint, you can find him at uh, Uprising Family Gaming uh, and manning the di- manning the Discord section of that. Um, <laughs> yes. Slapping people around like, do this this way. <laughs> and hey, especially you can't, use, you can't make that comment in this one. It's got to go in the other one. <laughs> yep, and also getting the uh, the leadership on board too, because oh. everybody was playing so much out, and we had so many new recruits in this last week. I just put a big post out this morning, like, "Hey, most of y'all are playing Destiny, and all of these people need onboarding. Get on it." I play Weird Hours, so I'll put up my hours that I'm on. No, so, just because anybody that plays Weird Hours, I just check this score post in there. Anybody before you even start up the game, put in there. I'm getting on. <laughs> All right. This isn't PAX West stuff. This is Uprising stuff. Sorry. <laughs> so where you can go now. <laughs> uh, you can find me on Twitter. She can be. She can join. Oh, no, sorry. You're good. <laughs> you can find me on Twitter at SilverSoulX, the letter 1010. You can also email me at silver at rectifygaming.com if you have any more questions about anything I'm doing or anything I said about PAX. And like Damien, I'm going to have a bunch of stuff coming up on Rectify Gaming soon. Yeah, we got to work on. Uh, we have. I have to work. Finish up an arc article. So. I need to start mine. And I'm gonna be. I have, like I said, a couple of final steps and the combined interviews for all the indie games uh, I did, and including uh, me and Damien's interview of Into the Gungeon will be all on there. So that will be a little separate indie interview podcast, and that should be up within the next week. Thank you for joining us uh, for this podcast and uh, be on the lookout for more special editions.